Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that's freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. What's up, everybody? Check it out. Post Bruin, uh, less than a week away. We're taping the show kind of early because we had to coordinate Sandy, myself, and I would like to introduce none other than the executive director of ANJRPC and uh, NRA board member and the other tip in the tip of the spear in the 2A fight in New Jersey, Scott Bach. How are you, Scott? Hello there. I am. I am. Have a smile on my face for the first time in twenty years. What can I say? A <laughs> uh, monumental decision by the Supreme Court. Dan Schmutter last week said it was a seismic decision. Please share with us your feelings and everything on this. Please, please, please. Well, well. The first thing is I'm still pinching myself. Is it? Is it real? Am I dreaming? You know what's what's going on? But listen, this is the most significant moment in the last 25 to 30 years in New Jersey. This is tectonic. Um, the decision uh, written, written by Justice Thomas is a gift from above. It mo- does way more than merely, in quotes, establish the boundaries of the Second Amendment. It also anticipates almost every possible end run and counter approach that the antis could think of to try to nullify this and it precludes them like it's looked at everything they might do to try to rewrite it ignore it uh, find a a trap door around it and it precludes it all it's a brilliant decision i think the pinnacle of justice thomas's career and you know the other thing and this is something that most new jersey gun owners don't know the rapid capitulation of the New Jersey government didn't have to happen that way. We could have been like New York, you know, New York, they're shaking their fists, they're angry, they're going to fight and claw and scratch and bite every step of the way. And before they start issuing permits statewide, that didn't happen by accident in New Jersey that we skipped over that step. You know, we, we knew and it was very foreseeable that the antis would have a an explosive counter reaction to this. In fact, I think that's one of the reasons they accelerated the timetable on the bills that are passing this week that we're going to talk about in a few minutes is, you know, like they want to have something to offset a huge devastating defeat. But you know, it's interesting that New Jersey stepped over the fight over issuance of carry permit step and they're now moving directly to something that's much larger and is going to take a lot more time and that is we're going to start issuing permits and then later the legislature is going to try to limit where you can carry that's a very different posture than you know what we thought remember i said a few weeks ago anthony we anjrpc had a lawsuit filed more than a year ago in case we had to force the implementation of Bruin in New Jersey. Yes. Um, So we have managed delicately to sidestep that, you know, through Dan Schmutter and his actions with the New Jersey Attorney General. We've whispered in their ear, 
we anticipated what's happening in New York now and tried to preclude it. And apparently it had some effect because, um, you know, we could be fighting over just the issuance of permits right now. And that fight is no longer happening. So we, we've skipped over into a whole other realm. And it's, um, like I said, I'm still pinching myself. I mean, this is one of the, the main reasons I became a gun rights activist in the first place, you know, 24 years ago was, you know, one of the things, I, you know, I wanted to see happen in my time is, is to make right to carry a thing in New Jersey. And it's a thing now. And, I, you know, I mean, Anthony, you and I joked around for a few days after the decision was issued, you know, just like calling <laughs> each other saying, am I really awake? Is this really happening? But, and you know, it, Scott, real, real, real quick, Scott, when two or three weeks ago when you were on the show, you were saying what options New Jersey could take. They could fight this kicking and screaming, or we already have a permit process in place, and they could just remove the justifiable needs section. When you were saying that, I'm listening on the other going, yeah, well, that's never going to happen. And guess what? Three weeks later, that's exactly what happened. And it happened because we raised the issue through Dan Schmutter with the Attorney General months ago. We broke it to them very gently. I mean, if, if we were if we came on too hard with it, they would have rejected it out of hand, like like uh, the governor's office and legislative offices would have just because we were suggesting it said no. But, um, you know, it actually made a lot of sense for for multiple reasons to do it that way. And apparently that is what prevailed. And boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, you know, we're, so we're. We're skipping over um, the petty fight, and we're going to move into a larger fight, which I might add has already been won and precluded in the Bruin case. You know, you can't, you know, like we, look, what we know based on the governor's comments uh, as he shaked his fist, shook his fist in rage uh, at the decision was, you know, he's tasked the entire executive branch of, of the government in New Jersey to try to find ways to limit places we can carry. He talked about buses. He talked about public places, stadiums and arenas, which, by the way, the Second Amendment doesn't exist so you can protect yourself everywhere except public places. I mean, this where the governor wants to go with this has already been precluded by the plain language of Bruin. So if he wants to start that fight, that fight is not going to last very long. On the other hand, maybe that's just part of his way of fist shaking. Maybe he's making an idle threat and knows there's going to be a limit to what they can do, although, you know, that maybe that's a pipe dream. But either way, we're ready for whatever comes, okay? But, you know, the shocking thing is everybody in New Jersey, all the gun rights leaders, okay, ourselves included, we're all looking at each other and go, how do you, how do you get a carry permit in Jersey? It's such so obscure because we've never had a real shot at it that we've all been scrambling to nail down that process so we can disseminate it to, you know, hundreds of thousands of interested people. It's like uh, it's an area of the law that we've all neglected because in practice so few have had permits. So you realize uh, that the permitting, the permitting process, the paper process that we're dealing with right now until the state police updates this, like the FAR system, this stuff has been around since before there was a man on the moon. It's <laughs> the process. Seriously, it's been around since the 60s, this this whole scheme that they have up. You have to print your paperwork in triplicate, two-sided, 
you know the the whole the whole thing is is just crazy. But go ahead, Scott. I'm sorry. I just wanted to get that out there. Well, a c- couple of things. You know, one one caveat that everybody needs to understand is that this is actually going to become a moving target because the state police are engaged and have already made public statements about attempting to digitize the process. So yes. Um, you know, Evan Knappen issued guidance on how to apply. That guidance is changing from minute to minute or not changing, but our understanding of it is getting deeper and we're getting more breadth. And, you know, anybody who's looked at that argument or the, I'm sorry, that article from Evan Knappen needs to go back to Evan's site because there are updates. Constantly, he's constantly updating that advice and guidance. And, um, and then the only other thing I wanted to say about about Bruin is, you know, the more the governor tries to limit, listen, we've had a carry law in New Jersey that, you know, we haven't been able to qualify for for decades. It's well established. Anything the governor does to try to change it now that anybody can get a carry permit, any law abiding citizen who qualifies can get a carry permit is not going to pass muster. It's suspect under under the Constitution and the principles set forth in the Bruin case. You know, if our law was so great, you know, and was so standalone, why are we changing it now that anybody can get a carry permit? The only reason they're doing it is to actually, if they can't limit issuance of permits, they're going to try to limit places where you can carry. And and that is not going to fly under Bruin or yeah, a number Thomas, of other precedents. Thomas covered that. I want to talk real quick, though. So Evan and I were going back and forth with you and Dan. And, you know, I've been qualifying private carry people as well as security and retired police since 1992. September will be 30 years. So we've been using the same form. We've been using the same qualification, the same use of force, the same everything. And uh, I was concerned with Evan that when we start submitting thousands of qualifications, we were going to get rejected. And Napin's like, but you have precedent. You have people that were issued carry permits for the past 29 years with your training, you know, with your course of fire, with your curriculum. So it kind of made me feel better. But I got to tell you, Scott, I'm still at the edge of my seat. I'm just worried that they're going to turn around and say something else. You know, I even consulted with another attorney in Bergen County, Adam Lusberg, criminal defense attorney, you know, because I just want to make sure I don't want to see 200,000 people in New Jersey apply for their permit and have them all reject it. Right. Of course. So, but you, you guys, you know, I know we, we're trying to cover all the bases here. Knappen is so excited about this, uh, but you know, we're, I'm just, I'm. I guess we, like you said, we all have Stockholm syndrome. I just can't believe yeah. it's true. Yeah, and there, you know, there must be some. This, the world can't be this way. It can't be this simple. You know, there's waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's, it's. Listen, it's been decades, Anthony. Like we've talked about before, we've been fighting a fight where most of the time we don't win or winning is like stopping something bad from happening or making it less bad. That's been the victory. So, you know, we're all in a little bit of disbelief, but, but listen to, to those of you that want to apply for carry permits, there is going, there is now a huge influx of people struggling to figure out that process. There's going to be a massive influx, um, but we're going to sort it all out and, you know, we're going to have appropriate guidance and, Folks are going to get their permits. It's not going to be overnight. I think the state has, what, 60 days from the time the application is complete to act. Yeah, but we, that that's a problem because they've never yes, adhered to the 30 days, right? Correct. And not only that, but there's, uh, I'm sure you'll talk about this with Dan Schmutter, but, 
you know, there are there's one gun judge in every county and they have to sign off on these permits. These gun judges are going to be inundated with tens of thousands of permit applications each. So, you know, I'll let Dan discuss that more next time he's on. We're we're trying to address that in advance by getting more judges uh, appointed or qualified to do, you know, the carry permit applications. There's really not much... But they can they they can go longer than sixty days. They've done it going longer than thirty days for a FID card in New Jersey. Patterson they, takes a year. They can do whatever they want to the extent that we let them. Okay, you know, like we've had with A and J R P C, we've had the permitting strike force for over ten years, and we go town by town and and uh, address permitting violations. I, I think. It's reasonable to expect, given the influx that's going to come, is there is going to be some delay. But the good news is there aren't going to be denials. But now, if they go over the 60 days post-Bruin and Thomas's writings, does that help us? Because they're de- denying somebody. You know, a right delayed is a right denied, right? Does, are we helped out there with the Thomas decision, Bruin? Well, I don't know that it, I don't know that it, it helps the decision at all. It just... it. Listen, Thomas made it very clear that a permitting process is lawful, but it must not be used to delay or effectively deny Mm. the issuance of permits. So they can't delay it for the purpose of intentionally delaying issuance of permits or or denying issue or finding an excuse to perpetually, you know, hold these applications in abeyance. But if they, I suspect... I do not know, but I suspect if there's 200,000 permit applications flooding the system at the same time, I think the courts are going to cut the issuing authorities some slack on that. If, gotcha. if after the initial influx has passed and, you know, that, you know, they've dealt with it, there is still that issue that's lingering. We will, frankly, sue their asses uh, once, you know, yet again and and make sure that they do what they're supposed to do. I don't think. Listen, what New Jersey should be doing right now is bracing for a giant influx, adding personnel and getting ready to process the heck out of permits. Whether we can expect that from them or not remains to be seen, but that's what they should be doing. If we were to sue to force them to do it by the time that lawsuit were over, the influx will be behind us. And um, so we're going to take it one step at a time, see what transpires and deal with it accordingly. How is the state police going to process four to five hundred thousand applications, even two hundred thousand applications? I just I can't for the life of me. I can't fathom how they're going to do that. We, you, they don't pick up the phone or respond to emails now. I just. Uh, wow. Tell it's them to be... start, start working evenings and uh, Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, so you feel I mean, you as a lawyer, uh, Thomas's uh, writings are going to last for the ages, right? He pretty much covered everything he, that we could think of. He did as good a job as could be done. Is it possible that there's some... Listen, there is no shame on the other side. They will... Whatever they don't like, if they can't find a crack to sneak <laughs> into, they'll just rewrite it the way they want it and claim that's what he said. I mean, there, there's no honesty among thieves. So... I wouldn't be at all surprised to see all kinds of nonsensical arguments about what it means. You know, text history and tradition. Well, we didn't have semi-autos back then, so, you know, uh, semi-autos are banned now. You know, like, there's no length to which they won't go. So, you know, don't, 
don't expect the advocacy on the other side or lunacy on the other side to continue to to stop continuing i mean it's going to continue they're going to they're going to claim all sorts of things but that decision is a tight decision the heller case was not you know left gaping holes to be exploited this one has uh not only you know closed up the doors but it's it's uh sealed them too it's a great mm-hmm. decision it's it's great it shows a depth of understanding not just of the law but of practical politics and the way uh the antis undermine and exploit uh decision language to try to flip it around it's a great decision great piece of work the the work of thomas's life okay i mean he can he can go to the afterlife right now with a big smile of satisfaction what he did was just unbelievable unbelievable we owe him a debt of gratitude oh boy. yes well, I just read an article uh, somewhere where he, drew, him and his wife have this huge RV they travel all over the country with. So I want to get an RV now and run into him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You gonna like, run I wanna, into him? I, Is I wanna, he the guy putting all those um, Biden <laughs> stickers on the gas pumps? <laughs> that's it. That's it. Oh, the way he's supposed to be impartial. It would not be him. It would probably be his wife, Ginny. <laughs> um, so uh so it's great to see that New Jersey, you know, um you know, Phil Murphy must have been told by the AG because of all all of you guys communication that, you know, he couldn't fight this tooth and nail. But obviously, you know, in light of that, we know that uh we're having this we're recording the show Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, and while we're recording the show, Trenton is taking more of our uh 2A and constitutional rights away. Right, Scott? Yeah, it's it's unfortunately it's nonstop and there's been a lot of horse trading between the governor and various legislative leaders over what comes, you know, it's budget season in in New Jersey and it's it's like silly season and crazy time and anything goes. We were originally assured that not much was going to come out of the Senate and then that went out the window in about 15 minutes and mm-hmm. um so today as we're recording this both houses of the legislature are considering uh, slightly different um, numbers of bills, but l- let's just call it nine of the gun bills that have made it through. And um, they've all been in a flurry of amendments, you know, amended, and there's a rush to conform them between the different houses of the legislature, so they're voting on the same thing. And, you know, right now the stuff is poised to pass and make it to the governor's desk, and probably by the time by the time people are hearing this interview, stuff will be passed by both houses. And if the governor is in a rush to have a July 4th <coughs> celebration before the weekend. Oh, let's celebrate be- July 4th. I've taken more constitutional rights away from the people. All hail King Murphy, douche of New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, listen, the thing is, not one of these bills has any relationship to gun crime or mental health issues you know, surrounding firearms ownership. It's a preconceived agenda developed at Gun Control Central in Washington, D.C., and 100% of it is targeted at law-abiding people and limiting the rights of law-abiding people. Not one of them punishes uh, severe, you know, uh, serious gun crime, violent gun crime, and not one bill addresses anything having to do with mental health issues and firearms ownership. This is all about limiting the good guys the varnish is off. Nobody can credibly argue this does anything. Okay. And when you, 
when you look at what Murphy said about the Bruin decision, he continued his rhetoric. In his mind, he doesn't distinguish between law-abiding gun owners and gun criminals. Anybody with a gun is a threat because all he talked about after the decision was um, addressing gun safety and passing gun safety laws, okay? And you just substitute the word gun rights limitation laws or Second Amendment limitation laws, and that's exactly what this bill package is. Okay, one of the bills in the package bans the 50 BMG. I don't know if we even need to go into talking points on that. So that we've yeah, been we know about, about that one. For 20 years, except this one's different because it doesn't affect hunting guns. It only affects one guns that fire one round, and that's the 50 BMG. They finally figured out how to get this thing passed. Okay, and uh, then there's micro stamping. They probably couldn't do a straight gun ban, which is why they used uh, the smart gun law as the model for what they're doing with micro stamping. They're basically tasking the attorney general to study whether there's um, micro stamping, viable micro stamping technology. And when the, gun, <laughs> when, the, when the attorney general declares that there is, then all dealers are mandated to carry one, at least one micro stamp gun. And so you say, oh, well, that's not so bad. Well, the reason they developed that model is because they couldn't, you know, they killed the smart gun market with their original smart gun bill, which banned everything but smart guns. So what they did is they passed the new law that this is modeled on that says, well, we'll study it and then mandate the dealers to carry one. And then the unspoken part is, oh, and by the way, after the technology has been forced to develop, we're going to come in with another law and ban everything that's not that. So it's the exact same technique on micro stamping. There's the training requirement, okay, and just so everyone's clear, we all advocate firearms training. Everyone should get firearms training. The difference is the government, it's not the government's place to tell you that you can't exercise your right to own a firearm until you've been trained in how to use it. The government can incentivize that. It can give you tax breaks or fee breaks or other government incentives to try to encourage that behavior but it can't condition the exercise of a fundamental constitutional right of ownership on you having to get training. Um, then there's the industry killer bill, which kills a lot more than the industry. Yep. You, you know, th this is the bill that tries to do an end run around the federal law preventing frivolous lawsuits against gun manufacturers. And that's, that's all that is. You hear, you know, politicians shake their fists in anger at the feds have blocked us from suing gun manufacturers. And that is not true. The federal law says if the gun manufacturer is making a lawful product, A, and B, the lawful product properly functions, then you can't sue them claiming on products liability theories. Okay, it's like, so, so this new industry killer bill turns that law on its head and says, even if an industry has made a lawful product, that works, did nothing wrong, that you can still tie them up with industry lawsuits. You'd have no need to prove any wrongdoing whatsoever. It says that in the bill. But the other thing it does that people don't know is it affects a lot more than just manufacturers. It, it affects gun clubs. Yep. Okay. And, and advertising. So, for example, ANJRPC has a member magazine. If we take an, if we feature an ad from a gun manufacturer in our magazine, and it's, let's say, not even an ad for firearms, let's say it's an ad for holsters, okay? 
we are subject to being harassed and harangued by the attorney general because it's uh, we allowed an advertisement of a of an accessory, quote unquote, and that violates the terms of the law. So now we can be subject to probing, harassment, basically twist in the breeze as the AG tries to um, bureaucrat us to death. So it's a much more serious threat, and there are aspects of that law that are not going to survive legal challenge. Then now, there's some. Go ahead. Finish no, no, the no, cases. No. Then I want to ask if well, okay, there's how does does. Does Thomas's ruling affect any of these cases when we, if we sue, when we sue? You know, we're looking at that right now. The governor's office has claimed that, you know, all these laws pass muster. Okay, um, I suspect there are going to be some laws it applies to, or aspects of some laws it applies to, and some not so much. Um, okay. But that remains to be seen, and I promise you, we're looking at that. Uh, we're also looking at. New Jersey's existing laws and looking for giant swaths <laughs> of New Jersey's longstanding laws that won't survive. And you're going to see a lot of activity uh, in the future on this. Uh, that so was let me my just... next question to you. Thank you. Go ahead. All right. Ahead. Well, there's a lot to be said about that, but, no. but some some of it shouldn't shouldn't be discussed too openly. But um, copy. On, move on. on the, move on. It's on the all good. rundown of bills is the ammo registration bill because it's not enough for the dealer to record <laughs> your driver's license and the you know the type of ammunition you purchased and how much. Now New Jersey law you know wants to force dealers to record this information electronic electronically and digitally transfer it to the state. So to create a statewide ammunition purchase registry uh, with special provisions to. Focus on people buying more than 2,000 rounds. I, you know what? The number is a changeable thing. They're, they're amending the bills probably on the floor, so let me not say. But if there's a certain number that our anti-gun bureaucrats thinks is especially scary, it's going to single you out uh, for, for scrutiny. But, but guess what the ammo registration bill doesn't do? It doesn't even talk about criminal purchase of ammunition Okay, outside of dealers. All it does is it regulates the good guys. Okay, who are not the problem to begin with. The other thing is the bill has um, kind of an obscure provision that most people read over that actually forces dealers to digitally store long gun purchase information and transfer it to the state. So it's really long gun registration. And it also makes the state do its work for it on handgun purchases. So if, if they sell a handgun to a permit holder, you know, they have to report that digitally. It is dark. Then there's the age 21 bill. That one's probably not going to make it through because there's a difference of opinion in the two houses of the legislature. But that's the one that says you, you can't own a firearm to age 21. You can go off to war. You can vote. You can have your contracts enforced, you know, in a court. You can do all kinds of things, but but you're not allowed to own a firearm, which is absurd. Um the one bill that, hmm. that has been neutered is the Gulag bill, the one that, that would throw you in jail while you're awaiting trial on possession charges. So that one has been thoroughly neutered and has no impact on law-abiding gun owners. Then there's the bill that um, requires those moving in to register long guns, even though we don't have a long gun registry, and do other things inconsistent from what existing uh, residents have to do and then there's a bill it's not really on a gun issue but it's a related it's a self-defense issue which which bans body armor 
okay, and, and prohibits it and, you know, law enforcement members are exempted, but they have to register their body armor because, because right now when we're afraid of school shooters showing up, we want to ban backpacks with, with ballistic panels in them. That's exactly the right thing to do, I say sarcastically. So that's, that's pretty much the, um, the roster of bills that are, that are some combination of them are moving through both houses. Did you hear me say anything about going after gun criminals? No, of Did course you hear not. me say anything about mental health issues? No, of it's all not. about regulating the good guys. That's it, and that's the, that's the game. So Knappen mentioned something to me Sunday or Monday when we were on the phone. He says that uh, the strict scrutiny thing, when it was applied uh, with a Supreme Court ruling many years ago for the First Amendment, led to like like not over 90% of all First Amendment cases now going in the direction where it of the Constitution, and he feels that this is going to be a seismic change going forward now with all of our 2A cases since the lower courts have to rule under strict scrutiny. What's your thoughts and feeling on that, Scott? Because, you know, Evan, he had like two minutes to talk to me because he, he was getting blown up, too, from everybody uh, with the uh, carry being approved. Well, my feeling is it's a sea change, it's, and it's, this is beyond strict scrutiny. It's outside the tiers of scrutiny. Um, analysis and creates a, a, a unique standard by which the Second Amendment is to be Second Amendment laws are to be measured. It's going to be evaluated in light of the text, history, and tradition of the Second Amendment, which is probably somewhat higher than strict scrutiny. It's it's certainly it's certainly something that um, you know remains to be seen. But listen, we're dealing with dishonest folks on the other side. I mean, you know, some of them are just, if you saw the rhetoric coming out of New York City, New York City's leaders, well, we're, we're, oh, nothing's yeah. changing. Nothing's changing. So if we don't like what the Supreme Court's done, we're just going to try to cancel it by, by declaring it and, and you, know, you know, something we're going to ignore. So it's hard to say how anti-gunners are going to react. The, the way any intellectually honest attorney should react is this is a seismic sea change it's going to change uh litigation over second amendment laws as well as the the what second amendment laws do or what gun gun laws do it's going to change everything and it should change everything but we're dealing with um some some pretty i don't know what the word is it's beyond immature it's um it's just just people who, if they don't get their way, they have a temper tantrum and do what they want anyway. So it may take a few cases to rein some out-of-control bureaucrats in. It may take a few of them having millions of dollars in personal liability for violating civil rights that, the, that um, you know, their governments can't pay. They have to pay them personally to send shockwaves to other bureaucrats and, you know, like establish the rules. But... You know what it should do in in the pre two thousand world. It's it's an absolute sea change, and if everybody follows the law, we're looking at re wholesale repeal of many existing gun laws and a whole new type of gun law going forward. But in reality, we're still going to have to fight, Anthony. Oh, we never gave up, even when we thought we would never win, did we, Scott? No, we didn't. And it's housekeeping time. 
I got an email celebration from Marty from Marty's vburger.com. Uh, go order his stuff online or go see him in New York City. Order it and pick it up at Freakin' Vegans and Freakin' Friday in Prospect Park. Now is the time to order a U.S. Law Shield if you live in New Jersey. Use Gun for Hire or Gun for Hire Radio as the uh, product code. You get a 10% discount. If you live in New York and you're planning on carrying, you better go to NYTACDefense.com, NewYorkTACDefense.com. Peter Tillum, Esquire, he offers the similar type of defense that you're going to need because insurance is illegal in New York or New Jersey or whatever. But U.S. Law Shield provides a product and New York TAC Defense provides a product. Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino. All these new gun owners need to go out and buy John Petrolino's book, Decoding Firearms, and my book, uh, Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game. There's four chapters in my book that are firearms-related. One chapter was written by Evan Knappen. It's available here, Amazon, Kindle, as well as John's. Uh, don't forget the Gun Lawyer podcast with Evan Knappen. Last week he was on fire. So you want to listen to him, please. If you need a doctor, my doctor is Concierge Medicine, Optimal Health Wellness NJ, Dr. Joe Sambatero. Less than 250 clients total. I called him up the other day. I need to go get a CT scan from a chest pre-knee surgery. I got it in two minutes. So that's how it works. The gun store is open now, 2,200 square feet. July 5th, we start our longer extended hours. Don't forget Zen Float Center in Scotch Plains. Ask for Sharon Decker, zenfloatcenter.com. Sandy down there in the sticks has Crossroad Kitchen, Crossroads Kitchen with a K. And then he has Just Shons, J-U-S-T-S-H-O-N-S. And our newest sponsor is Mortgage Unlimited, George Semberless, mortgageunlimited.com or George T at Mortgage Unlimited. Check him out. Now's a good time to take some money out of your house if you need to do it. And when the market crashes, you know what you'll be able to do? <laughs> you'll be able to... Uh, Buy a house like a vacation home or a second home really cheap. So check out Mortgage Unlimited. Sandy, for everybody out there listening, if you go to gunforhire.com, right on the top it says click here to be notified when we start running the qualifications. By the time you're listening to this on Sunday, we have probably will have started running the qualifications already with the use of force and safe gun handling to comply with the AG and the state police guidelines. But if you click on that link, we put everything on one page. Knappen's link is on this page, which he is updating often. And everything you need, whether you're a resident or non-resident of New Jersey, is on my page, including the course of fire. You'll be able to book your classes. But what you need to do, fingerprints, et cetera, et cetera, uh, your affidavit for your firearms, if you need that, everything is on there. We tried to make it a one-stop shop on that page. With that, I want to talk about a couple of letters real quick, Scott, before we get back into it. This is great. Uh, Mark Steele. Oh, Hisham Hamed Esquire said to me, Anthony, make he's always here at the diversity shoots with Tony Simon. Anthony, make sure you address proof of ownership of your intended carry firearm or firearms on the next show or class. This is the only other problem I can see right now. So. Here's what happens. If you look at the state police requirements on my site or the state police site, guys, you have to show proof of ownership. So we're, we're allowing everybody to qualify with two firearms for now because we have people that want to qualify with 16. 
Each firearm you qualify with, you must own. We're going to record the serial number, the make, model, caliber, okay? You have to show proof of ownership. So if you have your original pink sheets, like us old fossils, you make copies of those. If not, you're going to need a store receipt. If not, you're going to have to write an affidavit. I, Anthony Calandro, intend to carry these two firearms. You list them, you sign it on the bottom, and it has to be notarized. Hisham Hamed said, make sure everybody knows that. This is a very important component, and a lot of people are not kind of understanding it. Mark Steele cannot believe what's happened, that we actually got concealed carry. And he had a couple of questions. So did 10,000 other people, by the way. But, Mark, I love you. Uh, he wants to know, can we carry hollow-point bullets now? No, we cannot carry hollow-point bullets now, per Evan. If you go on the New Jersey State Police website, they offer alternative ammo that's similar to hollow-point bullet, like Powerball and Guard Dog, etc. Uh, and then he wrote, will the certificate be multiple handguns? Yes, we're limiting to two right now, Mark. They have the guns you're going to carry, you intend to carry with the nuts matching all the time. Gene Rossi, this is a good one. And I agree that there are so many 2A people that are really uninformed. It doesn't deprive questions about carrying. It will be the same people that buy a gun, load it, never shoot it, never take follow-up instruction, never practice with it. The same people that sit on the sidelines and watch everyone else fight for their rights. I hope these people will realize the responsibility they will be taking up so that they can enjoy the freedom that many have fought for. Couldn't have said it better myself, Gene. Listen, I'm posting online. Make sure you get insurance, right? And people are like, car insurance or home insurance? I'm like, home insurance you have to let them know if you want to carry you maybe have an umbrella policy make sure you have u.s law shield you know this is this is there's huge legal ramifications here you better be practicing you better be documenting your practicing and your training i can't i can't be more explicit with this some of the questions we were laughing at about them before the show if I qualify with two guns, can I carry two guns at the same time? I don't know. We'd have to ask Knappen, but do you really want to carry two guns at the same time? Then I had another one. The law says the right to bear arms. So can I carry a loaded shotgun on a sling? Evan Knappen would probably say it's legal. I don't know if he would say it for sure. But do you really think this is good optics right now where we just got concealed carry? Maybe we should ease the state into it a little bit before you start arguing. Scott, I don't know what hate mail you got, but we've failed because they don't have 15-round magazines. We've failed because we don't have constitutional carry. We've failed because of uh, um, we don't have a reciprocity with all 50 states right now. And my response to most of these people has been, don't apply for the permit if it doesn't meet your standards. Would that is that an easy enough answer? Don't apply. Yeah, of course it's an easy enough answer. But listen. <laughs> It means we're over the target, okay, when you're taking a lot of flack, okay? And yep. listen, these people, it may seem extreme to us because we know, you know, we're in the trenches. We know how hard we've had to work to, to make, an, you know, a tiny bit of progress. But from the standpoint of the average person, they're not, they're perfectly legitimate questions, okay? It's just they, they don't understand the environment that we're in and how much it's taken just to get where, where we are. And they also, they've been waiting so long, they're frustrated and don't realize that now it becomes incremental improvements. That's the game. It's, you, you know, you, you do the major push and then you start adding and subtracting and you get to your destination, but it doesn't all happen overnight. I have to take issue with one thing. 
Carrying two guns is perfectly okay. You need one for your boot and one for your hip. So I, I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> I just want to say that officially. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me tell you. It's, uh, I mean, we're getting inundated with calls and stuff, and we're, but we're getting there, and we're going to get over this, you know? Uh, we, we are going to, we are definitely going to get over this, uh, but, uh, I just can't wait to see the first couple of people get their permits issued. I'm noticing more and more people are, are sending me messages that their towns are preparing the packages. A few towns told people to come back in a day or two because they didn't even know what was going on yet. And when they did go back, they did have the paperwork ready for them. So I think that's, that's very, very important. So Scott, uh, give us some more. Give us some more of your enthusiasm and celebratory voice since uh, we all had uh, this feeling that we were never, ever going to have this victory. How do you feel about this personally? Like after being beat up for so long, did you just want to did you just want to jump for joy? Did you want to go? You don't drink. Did you want to go out drinking? <laughs> yeah, I did want to go out drinking. I Listen, I still don't believe it. I'm still pitching myself. I still think this this interview is part of a dream, you know, that we're doing and uh Listen, it, for me personally, it's fulfillment of a, a goal I set over 20 years ago that, you know, when I decided to become a gun rights activist, you know, I wanted to dedicate my life to something that's going to have an outcome and have meaning. And right to carry was one of the goals I set internally. Now, it was a 10-year goal, not a 20-year goal, but I'm like a little, you know, I'm like, okay, what's the next goal? And I, you know, I have other goals and we have lots to do. It's going to, there's a lot to do, but this is, it's a truly historic moment. It's New Jersey had a lot to do with this outcome, even though it wasn't our case that did it. We had three cases leading up to it. We chiseled the first one out of whole, you know, out of raw stone and we refined the second case. And by the time we brought a third case, you know, we had it refined to a high art. And, you know, thank goodness the New York case was was there to do cleanup, uh, you know, after Barrett was appointed to the Supreme Court. It's a great moment. It's a moment. It's a historical century worthy, you know, noteworthy moment, uh, you know, and it's a footnote in history where a big part of it. And the thing that makes it sweeter is that that we got New Jersey bureaucrats to basically skip right over the fight over, you know, over permit issuance and go right to the substance of things that are frankly precluded by the decision. It's, it's a catbird seat moment for us. And yet the case originated from New York and New York should be celebrating, but right now the bureaucrats there are holding them back from the victory. And Tom King, who's a fellow NRA board member with us, and he's also the president of the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, he must have celebrated Thursday, and he's waiting for what happened to us on Friday to happen to him. And yet that, that, that victory has been stolen from him and all the law-abiding, gun-owning citizens in New York right now. What a shame. Maryland has vowed to fight this, too. It's amazing. Amazing uh, that the, I don't know how long they can fight this, right? I mean, the Supreme Court will, will they step in? Uh, how does it work Pro now? Probably, Scott, probably, not probably not. The Supreme Court has, you know, had its say. They're going to have to fight it in the lower federal courts. And if it if the lower federal courts like try to rewrite the Bruin decision, that's when it might go back to 
the U.S. Supreme Court, but they've they've tried to deal with this issue. I mean, look how long it took from Heller to now. The, you know, it moves it inches. It it moves at ancient time. You know, um, so the 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 wheels move really really slowly when it comes to these issues, and I don't think the Supreme Court's going to be anxious to hear another 2A case anytime soon. That being said, there's a whole bunch of cases that the Supreme Court held awaiting the decision of Bruin, and, and we're going to have the disposition of those cases. There's going to be something on the magazine case. There's going to be something from Maryland out of assault firearms, so they may send these back to the lower courts with instructions. So there's a lot... You know, we haven't even felt the full impact of Bruin yet. So, we, you know, there's going to be more to come as the as the week unfolds. And, you know, we've joked, Scott and I have joked over the years that the only way we're going to get carry is someday move out of state, like Scott, yeah. Montana, me, Florida or something. And here we are. I'm 61 and Scott's, you know, a youthful 50s or something or that. 50, and we have to carry in New Jersey. <laughs> Oh, right yeah. behind me, fifty nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so so you're in your fifties. I'm in my sixties. Sandy's in his seventies. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Wow, it's the <laughs> it's the geriatric squad. <laughs> we're we're too yeah. old Meanwhile, to see the Sandy, sights anymore. <laughs> no, he's Sandy's sixty two and he's in South Carolina. But from his backyard, he can see North Carolina. That's what he tells me all the time. When I talk to him on the phone, I hear banjos playing in the background. So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, very interesting. So it's it now. What about the cases? I'm not going to get too much into it, but what about our like our 15 round mag case? What's going on with the remanded well, cases? Well, it hasn't been remanded yet. That case is still out there. It was yes. still on hold. It's one of the ones that probably the day after this interview airs, there's going to be a decision from the Supreme yeah. Court on disposition from the court on what to do about it. They're actually conferencing today, Wednesday, the day we're taping this. Um, yes. And um, listen, the Supreme Court could take the case directly, unlikely. The court could just dismiss the case and it's over, unlikely. Or the court, most likely, because that's why they held it, is going to send it back to the lower courts for redecision in light of the Bruin case. Which means it's not quite over, but, you know, it shouldn't be taking too long for the lower courts to evaluate Bruin and see whether a hardware ban uh, satisfies the text history and tradition test. So the answer so, is no. So you're that, telling you know, but you're so you're telling me for the first time in thirty years that I've been involved in this game, we're on the other side of the fence now where the left is trying to claw back what we won. Is that what you're yes. trying to say to me here? Yes, the dynamic has flipped. I'm st I still can't I still can't comprehend that. Uh, I still have trouble I, with I, it myself. I'm yeah, I, I can't really comprehend that because, you know, like what Murphy's doing us with us today, that's what I'm used to having done. I'm used to you doing your thing and AN, NRA and ANGRPC and all the other 2A groups doing their thing and finding out, okay, we got the bill held or, okay, they're only going to screw us 50%, not 100%, and thinking, whoo-hoo, we got to win. Now I'm like, wait a minute. Now I'm kind of looking forward to see the first couple of 2A cases hit the lower courts to see what the rulings are going to be. Well, that's right. And, and so the mag ban is going to be dispensed with. No, there's no starting new litigation and waiting. Most likely it's going to be resolved within a few months. But even more exciting than that is there's a Maryland case on the whole list that's probably going to be sent back down to the lower courts on assault firearms bans. So we, 
listen, in a best case scenario, we're looking at decisions saying that mag bans and assault weapons, assault firearms bans don't pass muster under Bruin. So the you know the the impact wow. could could be a lot greater, and we're not going to have to wait years and years and years for decisions on that. Wow, that is like phenomenal. Again, I, I'm still I'm still not grasping it fully. Well, you know what it is. I'm, I'm because there's so much traffic going on in my head since Friday. I'm trying to launch the CCW. We're setting up the site, and it's been a constant barrage of emails. And I will say to everybody out there listening. The pain in the ass stuff has been outweighed a thou- 10,000 to 1 by the uh, elation and happiness and thankfulness. And I get a lot of thanks from people for, for, for putting videos out and educating it to people, which, you know, we need to do. Because people uh, today, it, it's such an instant gratification society. I'll post something and say, follow the link, don't ask any questions, and then there'll be 15 questions underneath it, right? So I do the videos and educate people, and they're like, thank you for keeping us updated. I've been doing one almost every day uh, since the Supreme Court ruling on Thursday. Obviously, the ANJRPC alerts are invaluable. I have people beating me up about New York State, and I send everybody to the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association site. I'm like, you need to join. You need to sign up. You need to sign up for the alerts. And for everybody that's listening, we know how many groups were in. You know, New Jersey just had a huge win, and you're going to be spending about three. If you're a member, it'll be a little bit more if you're not a member, but maybe an extra 20 or 50 bucks donated to ANJRPC wouldn't be a bad thing. Maybe joining ANJRPC as an associate member for years, which free advice year and it gets you a newsletter and it gets you digital alerts maybe we all need to be on the same page especially all of you new gun owners that are listening now especially you new gun owners that had you know what we consider novice questions and that's why we get a little perturbed with you like scott said because we don't think the way the way you do because we're in a different sphere in the fight but all of you it will help you to get educated and keep you abreast of what's going on so you don't get into a jam this is a big thing carrying a gun scott i'd like you to continue uh whatever else because this is supposed to be your show i spoke too much already no no you didn't uh, listen it's just it's a huge moment we you know we are all digesting it and assimilating it i just say to the people who are rushing to apply for permits New Jersey has one of the tougher qualification standards in the United States. Um, you know, the proficiency requirement, that's probably a good thing. And, you know, as we start carrying, we need to be an example for others. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to um, just um, be an example and absolutely exemplary in how we behave and how we train. We need to take it deadly seriously and uh, not give talking points to the other side. But it, this is a great moment. It's a moment to savor, and, um, and it's historical. I mean, this is one for the history books, and, uh, and we collectively, as a community, did it. So Everybody across the entire country. I mean, we had how many two-way cases did we have make it to the Supremes that weren't granted cert? Two, Tom, uh, Scott? Uh, Was it Drake and Pantano? Uh, we had a lot. We, we, we tried oh. three times on carry. 
um, and then we have the mag ban, and that's pending. So, you know, we had three carry cases before they took the New York case, before Justice Barrett was appointed, and literally we were like two months away from her appointment when our case was, when they denied to hear our case. So it's, you know, we would have liked to have had New Jersey be the example, um, but, it you know, it's a team effort. It's, thank goodness it's a team effort because we had that New York case just queued up and ready to go. So it's, it, listen, it's now, just, it's, it's a moment to savor. I don't know if it was, again, I apologize, Dan Schmutter or uh, Evan Knappen, I apologize, but one of them um, had an idea thinking that because of the last New York case that went to the Supreme Court, when they changed the administrative code last minute and the case was uh, mooted, they also think that's another reason why Thomas crossed all his T's and dotted his I's to prevent uh, New York from doing such a thing again. Like he really doubled down. Right? You agree with that? And again, I, I don't agree, remember if yeah. it was Dan or, or Evan. Yeah, you, you know, tricky. New York State Rifle and Pistol spent years and millions of dollars to get the case to the Supreme Court, and then they changed the administrative code at the yep. last minute, right, on the, on the 23rd and a half hour. And we were afraid of the same thing here. But I have – there was this attorney that I made friends with like 30 years ago, and he's been on Gun for Hire Radio numerous, numerous times. And he said one time on the show, and he's repeated it a few times to me personally, and he said that the fact that New York and New Jersey are so strict, so belligerent, so hard at fighting our rights that someday, instead of giving us little slivers, that someday they are going to get spanked so bad it's going to have a huge backlash on them and it's going to end up backfiring and we're going to get everything they want. And that was you, Scott Bach. I remember, and I, and I still say it. This is right? just the beginning. Yeah, I mean, listen, right to carry is the biggest issue there is in Second Amendment advocacy. But in New Jersey, there are bigger laws that need to fall. The law that bans possession of everything, unless you're within an exemption, has to go. This, like, it's all banned except where it's allowed. Okay, that's that's mm-hmm. got to go. New Jersey-style gun control that, that assumes no rights except where there are little carve-outs is history. It's going to be history, okay? So there's, there's a lot of hard work ahead of us. Yeah, but, uh, but I got to tell you, again, I'm still, I just, I can't even believe it. I'm so thrilled with this moment and this result after all these years. I mean, this, like I said, this is an issue we've been working on in earnest for over 20 years. <clears throat> So but if, if New Jersey and New York and the four other states just listened a little bit and just oh, you had said this, I'm trying I'm almost quoting you. If they just opened the floodgates a little more and allowed more people to carry and more people to not have to prove so rough justifiable need or probable cause, it wouldn't have gotten to this point. Right. I think that's right. I mean, listen, from a standpoint of wisdom, our lawmakers in this part of the country don't have any. They are all or nothing. They think they're they're arrogant. They think they're invincible, and they overreach, and that's going to be their downfall. It will continue to be their downfall. So, you know, wow. I mean, hey, I mean, maybe maybe we're looking at the you know the magazine ban going away. Maybe next week. Let's see. Um, what what will happen to Phil Murphy if the magazine ban goes away? He'll get even angrier. You know? A vein will pop out on his forehead as he shakes his other fist. 
<laughs> and talks about you know how extreme love? the Supreme Court is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I love? He he says uh, he's in a room denouncing uh, people having guns for protection, and he's surrounded by men with guns for protection. Right? Am it's I right? Ultimate, he's standing there. Right. Go ahead. Say it. What's good, what's good for, you know, it's good for thee, but not for me. It's the classic hypocrisy and hypocritical leader. Okay, well, I need it, but, but him, you don't. Yeah, his life um, and his family's yeah. life are more important than us. That's right. He's special. Right? We're not. We're yeah. what? Well, we're, we're, we're us. Us law-abiding citizens count as what? Three fifths of a person? Is that what they used yeah. to do back in the slave days or something like that? Right? Right. Yeah. Like we're three fifths of a person. He's a whole person. And and I just love the hypocrisy. You know, they're all up there talking about how, uh, you know, how dangerous it's going to be, really. But what about Houston, Texas? What about Miami? What about Orlando? That's my argument to everybody. I'm getting pinned by people that are like either moderate or to the left. And they're like, it's going to be the wild, wild west in New Jersey. I'm like, when's the last time you went to Disney with your kids? Last summer. Were people getting shot in the in the parking lots, uh, you know, when you went to Pizzeria Uno with your 12 kids or whatever? No, it's fine. Well, everybody's carrying in Orlando. Everybody's carrying in Miami. Everybody's carrying in Houston, Texas. I don't read about the wild, wild west. And that is the wild, wild west out in Texas, right? But we yeah. don't read about that. This is just fear-mongering. That's what it is. Well, and, and it's also predictable. I mean, everywhere, you know, when right to carry as a national movement first started in Florida and other jurisdictions, that was the same exact claim. It's going to be the Wild West. And time has proven in how many states is it now? 43? That that's just rhetoric. It was 43. Now it's 50. And 26 yeah. states have constitutional carry. Yes, Scott, yeah. you got to learn that now. It's not tw it's not forty three anymore. That's it's right. It's fifty. There you go. Right. They got to change my talking points after twenty years. Indeed. Wow, Scott, <laughs> I can't thank you enough. Anjrpc.org. Support those who support you. Go on gunforhire.com. Click the red bar, the link to get more information. Next week, I'll talk about classes and stuff. Practice, 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 get insurance, get U.S. Law Shield. The more training, the better, ladies and gentlemen. You can only qualify with the firearms you intend to carry. A good rule of thumb, the older and fatter you get, the smaller the gun you're going to want to carry. <laughs> and with that, I leave you all. Sandy says goodbye to everybody. He's going to do his reader right now. Have a nice day. Scott, thank you. Thank you. From here in the Carolinas and in New Jersey, uh Looks like you've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For Hire Radio. Gun For Hire Radio is a kind of thick media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, master trainer, Anthony Carandro, author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game, uh, available everywhere good books are sold. And at the range, when he's in a good mood, he might even sign it. God willing, Jesus tarries and the batteries hold out. We will see you again next week in my mind. Gone to